0: Hello, everyone. I'm Ellis Traub, and this is Money, Business, and More. An article in the business section of my local newspaper triggered my interest in recording a podcast about pricing. The author, Adam Snitzer, president of Peak Revenue Performance, a consulting firm that specializes in pricing strategies, made a point that resonates so strongly with so many of my previous podcasts that I couldn't help but use this topic as a great excuse to hit you with it again. It's that important. From my very first podcast, the one on money, I made the point that a business's success is directly and strongly proportional to the degree to which it focuses on the value of what they provide to their customers or clients As opposed to the benefit it provides to them money after all is just a token of that value and it's that value that determines what that business is entitled to i doubt if too many successful salesmen have closed sales based on the commissions they made so let's keep that in mind as we think about pricing those goods and services your business offers to your target markets Following through on our usual journey from idea to successful business, whether you're just working through the process of creating your feasibility study or you're already in business and are reviewing your pricing policy as one of your options for increasing your revenues. The way you go about pricing what you offer is critical. Conventional wisdom in many business schools teach you that you should start with your cost of doing business figure out how many of whatever you're selling you expect to sell divide your cost by that number and then add a reasonable profit and that's your price sounds simple enough makes sense or does it let's break it down a little more because the devil's in the details you first calculate or estimate your fixed cost things like your rent your insurance loan payments and all the other things that you have to pay whether you sell anything or not that's called making their nut that's what that is the sum of those core costs because you go out of business if you don't make at least enough to cover them then they add all the operating costs these are the costs that are directly related to their sales everything from the stuff you use to make your products to the cost of those you've hired to produce it if you're in the service business and provide anything from massage daycare or consulting The number of costs are relatively few, but if you're manufacturing something, especially something complicated like machinery or electronic items, unless you're importing them of course, it's a lot more complicated. The next step is to estimate how many of each item you're going to sell. This takes more than guesswork. If you already had a going business, you already know how many you're selling. The only thing you don't know is the effect the price change might have on that number. We'll touch on that a little later. But if you're just starting a business and are doing your feasibility study, this is the place where you deal with that estimate, with your market study, which analyzes your prospective competition, how large the market is, what price points your competitors are charging for the same things, how they actually produce it, and how that compares with the way you do it, and so on. And since, if you're just starting out, Your unit sales may vary from zero to a zillion, hopefully closer to the latter than the former. So your cost per unit will vary with the volume. And there's the rub. How many units can you expect to sell? Well, if you sell none, the unit cost will be infinite, won't it? Because unless your products are all custom-made, you're gonna have to create and maintain an inventory to meet whatever demand might be. So there's another fixed cost, the minimum inventory you have to keep on hand It adds to your cost of business, which divided by zero is infinite. Of course, if you sell a gazillion, you should be able to cover your nut and end some. I'm just trying to make the point by going to extremes. As a practical matter, your estimate of the number of units you sell will vary within a rational range based on your market study. Whether those units are manufactured products, pre-priced contract packages like a consultant or a hairstylist might offer, or services by the hour. So, to make it easier to think about, consider that your company has only one item to sell. To make it still easier, let's say that this item has no competition, so there's no need to worry about pricing your products to be competitive. Even with that, you still have three variables to think about. The fixed costs that get smaller the more units that are sold, the variable costs that are associated with each unit, and which don't vary so much with the number sold, and finally, the number of units estimated to be sold. Try to grapple with all three of these variables at the same time requires the services of a mathematician or an accountant who can work with algorithms that can balance each of those changeable items and make some kind of sense out of the result. It's kind of like playing whack-a-mole, where one changes and another pops up with a different value and it change that one, only to change the whole thing. It sure is beyond the scope of the average small businessman like you or me. Is there no better way? The answer is yes, and we'll talk about it in just a minute. Did you know that you have access to a personal mentor to help you with your business issues? Whether you're starting a new business or trying to improve the way an existing business runs, you'll find them at SCORE.org. This is the website for SCORE, the Service Corps of Retired Executives. It's an arm of the U.S. Small Business Administration And consists of thousands of volunteers in more than 300 cities across the United States, and the best part is that their services are offered at no cost to you. At SCORE.org, you can enter your zip code and find a list of local mentors, each showing his or her areas of expertise, and you can schedule your own appointment at a convenient time and location. SCORE also offers a variety of regular workshops presented by professionals in their fields. You can see a current schedule of those events and pre-register on the spot. Some general classes are offered free of charge, while others have a modest fee, which is usually discounted for pre-registration. Check it out! SCORE is the place to go to find someone whose experience may be just what you need. So, is there no better way? Well, sure there is, and it doesn't take a business school graduate or a CPA or a consultant to do it for you. All it takes is common sense. We've all heard the pejorative, they charge whatever the traffic will bear, when talking disparagingly about dealing with an automobile dealer or a contractor or a customer has to negotiate with in order to come up with a price. But wait a minute, what's wrong with that? If you listen to my podcast on negotiating you would have heard that buying something off the shelves for a listed price is in some sense a negotiation. The difference between that and buying something from someone who hasn't fixed a price is only that they have to set a price that you're willing to pay and the negotiation's over. If it were too expensive you wouldn't buy it. If it were not you might have gotten it for even less but you don't know or care. You're happy. The definition of market price is willing seller, willing buyer. That says the same thing in different words, and you're trying to come up with a market price for what you offer. The only difference is in the effort a buyer has to make in negotiating that price. Some businesses, like the automobile business, expect to have to negotiate and go through the process. Automobile buyers don't really like to have to negotiate, but the cost of accepting the sticker price is they get stuck. But those businesses have a good handle on their cost per unit because they know what they pay for what they're selling. A contractor or any other service provider, for that matter, has squishier control over the cost. Usually it's their experience that makes it possible for them to calculate an estimate for a job, and it's competition that keeps them from charging more than you want to pay. So let's confine the rest of this podcast to a discussion of how to set a market price for products or services that your clients or customers don't need to go through the pain of negotiating every time they buy something, and let's stick with the idea of charging what the traffic will bear. The objective is to find a price that most, if not all, of your target market will be willing to pay for what you offer them. The secret of this process, a way to remove all of the complexity of calculating costs, will be to go back to what I was talking about at the beginning, value. What is the value of what you offer to your client or customer? Of course, it depends upon the nature of what you're selling. There's what I call a spectrum of value that determines how valuable a product or service is to the customer. That spectrum is all the way from a need that you can't live without, like food or water, all the way to a desire that you'd kind of like to have, like most things you buy on impulse and wouldn't have even known you wanted if you hadn't run across it in an ad or a TV commercial or when you're out shopping for something else. In fact, there's kind of a gray area between needs and wants that I've labeled the luxuries that we all seem to come up with, like another TV in the kitchen or a second car. If we had to, we could get along without them, but well, we need it. You know what I'm talking about. In any case, the way to price your products or services using this common sense method is simply to figure out where what you offer fits on that spectrum. If it's a real need, if it's a real need, then it becomes a commodity. Everybody needs it and the profit margin on it is going to be slim because everybody sells it. And the competition is so keen that the traffic won't bear very much. So your price is then determined by the competition and what everyone else sells it for and if that's what you're selling, then there are other factors that enter into how much more you can charge than your competition, such as how conveniently people can get it from you. At the low end of the spectrum are the things that people kind of want or didn't even know they wanted until they ran across them. It's a different ballgame for those items. There, your pricing is held to a minimum, not because competition is your limiter, but because people aren't going to be that interested in buying it. There, you also have to factor into the equation the additional cost of marketing, or doing whatever it takes to first make your market aware that the product exists, and then persuade them that they should want to buy it. But anywhere in between, you have to find a way to determine the value of what you offer might be to your target market. Again, if you're already in business, the price you sell that product or service for is best starting point. Next, you can look more closely at your competitors, see how your price compares, and explore to see if you do or have anything that's unique enough to make it more valuable to your customer. We spoke before about changes in price affecting the volume of sales. Because the market is king, there is a sweet spot where the right volume and price produce the greatest profit. And you can test the market by raising your prices within reason, seeing how much you can raise them before the demand starts to slip, and then having sales to adjust the price downwards. What you're doing is testing how valuable that product is to your prospective customers. Both competition where it's active and desire or need where it isn't will determine what the traffic will bear. And that's your best price. And now your profit will depend upon how good a business person you are as you work on reducing costs and increasing demand through your marketing efforts in his fine article mr snitzer suggests that if possible because your customers vary in either their ability to pay or i would add the place on the value spectrum your product or service lies you might want to consider offering more than one option for those products or services Create a high end or premium version for those who can afford it or for whom the value is highest, and perhaps a light version at the low end. Even suggest some in between if possible. Obviously, for the same reason one size doesn't fit all, neither do prices. So it might pay you to incur the small cost of making suitable modifications in the goods, packages, or models you provide. If you're just starting out in business, of course, you don't have the experience to draw on in your pricing. So, determining the value of what you offer will depend upon how unique your offering is. Many entrepreneurs fail because their assessment of value is their own instead of being an objective assessment of its value to others. That's key. That's why the most successful entrepreneurs are those who don't knock themselves out trying to come up with an idea for something no one's thought of before, Instead, they're the ones who are sensitive enough to notice what other people already need or want. If they see someone struggling to accomplish something they really need to do and can come up with a better way to do it, the value is already determined. Or, they hear someone say or have found themselves saying, Wouldn't it be great if you could do this or that or have this or that? In both of these cases, the value comes from the market instead of the other way around. And they don't have to go to all the trouble and expense of marketing it extensively just to create the demand. It's already there. How about when you're starting a business? Then you'll need to do more market research to determine the value objectively. Ask people what they'd be willing to pay for it. If you must, do focus groups to find out how valuable your product or service is. And while you're at it, use that opportunity to find out how important, how valuable, other options are for your market, things like convenience of purchase, how they look, and especially where they fit on the value spectrum. Then you can set a starting price and test the market to see how valuable your offering is. And of course, with your prices as a constant, regulate your profits by conscientiously searching for ways to reduce costs without sacrificing quality and to create more demand in various ways. Success in small business does not and never has relied upon your having a degree in finance or business administration. The 50% that survive and prosper have done so by using common sense and by working overtime to provide value to those whose business they want to capture and keep.